0: This is Kate Beckinsale, you're listening to Beckinsale.
1: Music, video games, television, movies. Long ago, entertainment lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when television attacked. Only podcasts, master of all things pop culture, could stop it. But when the world needed it most, it vanished. Several years later, the internet and I discovered a new podcast named Bake and Sale. <laughs> and although their movie knowledge is great, they have a lot to learn before they're ready to save iTunes. It's true. <laughs> but I believe Bacon Sale can save podcasting.
2: Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> wow, that was, that was epic. Previously right there. on Bacon Cell. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. I'm Zach. And thank you, Katara. We'll get to you one second. Yes, we okay. will. But before we do, I'd like to thank you for listening to our last episode, our episode about uh, non-World War <laughs> War movies. There's a lot of qualifiers in there. It was. Coming
0: up with that title was, you know.
2: Took a minute. More more uh, stress than it should have been. But we'd like to thank you for listening to that. And thank you for commenting as I rallied you to the call afterward at the end of the show to do. Thank you for that. I still can't hear. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have a couple comments here I'd like to read. One from Nicole D. Hale, a uh, nice. member of the Bacon Council. Mm-hmm. She says, I love y'all, but you really need to watch Gone with the Wind again. For you to say it's not a war movie tells me you haven't seen it lately, as the Civil War is basically an uncredited character. The war is shown or mentioned about 80% of the show. A lot more relevant than some of the other movies mentioned. is a great film, but I wouldn't say it's a good war film. It definitely would be on my Mount Rushmore, meaning Gone with Jeez, the Wind. She's Nicole, take it She easy. said it would be Gettysburg, The Alamo, Gone with the Wind, and Full Metal Jacket. Which Alamo, though? The Alamo. There's a few of those. The fact that we didn't remember talk the about Alamo. Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, there's that's, a, that's a ball drop. Mike Finley said, did you guys forget about Dr. Zhivago? If you're going to include Gone with the Wind. You also never mentioned Gettysburg or Gods and Generals. Gods and Generals may just be the last film to come out in theaters that had an intermission. Uh, which doc, I, I replied, I said, most of us try to forget Dr. Zhivago. And Gods and Generals. So long. Oh, so long. Uh, Mark Peterson, uh, he actually gave a, a kind of a, a history a lesson on William Wallace and Robert the Bruce, which was, was quite very fascinating, cool. yeah. actually. Huh. Uh, go check that on Facebook. He had a bit, so you're he had not going to gonna learn- read the whole thing? Not that one, but I did want to read this from Steve Christiansen. Oh, no. Okay. <clears throat> he says, love the show. Spoilers ahead for the big Wait, wait, movie.
3: wait, wait, He's starting with love the show. That love always that means an That means about to no hit offense. you. No
2: offense. He started with, no offense, guys. No, he says, love the show. And I'm, I'm going to read this with kind all of how I imagine saying it. I have two issues with the analysis. First, Kent Dunn, you know better. <laughs> do I? Gladiator is a fine no. film, but shouldn't have been in consideration because it's not a war movie. I could sense it in Kent's voice that he was stretching. Gladiator is clearly an action movie set in the arenas of Middle East and Rome. The dramatic wars are ancillary to the plot and, and used to introduce the characters in the first 15 minutes. By this standard, any film that has a war somewhere in the script is a, quote, war movie. Oh, you mean Maximus the War General. He said, doesn't okay. The Notebook have a war mentioned in there somewhere? A fine war film. Joel Hilton should have called Kent out on this. Steve then goes on to say. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Second. Love the show. Hate your guts. Second. All three of you did a disservice to Nathaniel (laughs) of the Yengasi, also known as Hawkeye. They adopted some uh, Chingachok of the Mohican people. Last of the Mohicans was robbed and Daniel day lewiss mug should be up on Mount Rushmore. It checks every box of a cinematic war movie excellence that Michael Mann could get on film. Script, performances, action, historically compelling, tremendous score, soaring moments and climax scenes and especially cinematography. Pure cinematography using just oh, film, lighting wow. and wonderful set pieces. The concluding bundle, The Ambush in the Forest was a thing of beauty. No filters, no CG, no manipulation. It's set off by a musket fire coming from the woods then melee and rescue. No tricks of the camera, just brutal, realistic, dramatic unflinching perfection i'd put that scene up against anything in the movies you captured on mount rushmore i love braveheart but it's sloppy i love spartacus but it's overly long i love 300 but it wouldn't exist without cgi i love glory that's it i love glory it's a cousin (laughs) less Mohican style but mohicans is still a better film it's cinematically beautiful with gripping brutal compelling action that's all I want to go watch 300 now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you want to watch Gladiator right after?
2: Yeah. yeah no, it, it sounds really good, right? It was yeah. really fun to see the passion come out from a lot of people, from no, a lot of different I, people. I was also
0: impressed with the just pure logic that clearly doesn't exist on the show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like all of that was like, oh, that's a good point. I thought there was um, a bunch of really good ones brought up and, and it really just seems so obvious when some of them were pointed out. So uh, the comment get, section was fun this week. It,
2: it's true because sometimes we get inside our own heads so much and, mm-hmm. and into our idea of what we want the show to be. That sometimes we get those blinders on and we don't see those ancillary And we movies. will hear about it from and all of you and thank but you. But that's what the comments section is for. That's yes. why we have social media so people can give their thoughts as well. So we do appreciate thank you. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? I'm not sure what we're talking about today. What
3: are we talking about today, Chris? <laughs> We have a guest, everybody. You, I mean, spoiler alert—you already
2: heard. Yeah, but Chris is back. Chris Welcome Anderson. Back, Chris. Thank you for being here. We really do appreciate it. Chris, why don't you say hi to everybody?
1: Hello, and thank you for letting me come by.
2: Yay! Yes. Yes. Uh, for the record, I do know what we're talking about. I just wanted Chris to talk. <laughs> I appreciate it. Listen that. to
1: my beautiful,
0: it's soaring wonderful. tones. Well,
2: because the last time Chris was here was episode 198, Getting Ghibli With It, back in April mm-hmm. of 2019. Loved that show. The April Without a Pandemic, as we call it. Oh, um, better times. April Ludgate. What we did was we watched every single Studio Ghibli movie and then tried to cram that into one episode. Yeah. And we even have an uncut version on Patreon that you can go listen to. It and was so much show.
1: If you, you know, are interested in ever wanting to watch Ghibli movies, subscribe to HBO Max because that's going to be the official home of Studio Ghibli. Wow. Yeah. All the
2: movies, right? All of them. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. But Chris was here last time and we read her all the questions, but we've since added a new question to the list. Yes, we did. So we're going to do a lightning round with this one question, Chris. Are you ready?
1: Oh, I don't know. It might be that hard. Answer as
2: quickly as possible. 10 things I hate about you or how to lose a guy in 10 days.
1: 10 things I hate about you.
2: Nice. Okay. Good night, everybody. (laughs) This has been Bacon Cell. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for joining the show. You're welcome. (laughs) But uh, we're so excited. Last time we had Chris on the show, as we said, she she had us watch all the Studio Ghibli movies and then we could talk about them, which was a daunting task. This time, Chris gave me a softball and I was so happy that we could (laughs) talk about what we're going to talk about today. Because we have talked about it before. A lot, actually. This is a television show. And we've done this type
3: of show a lot. It's when we have a personal favorite, maybe one of the hosts on the show. We want to proselytize the message of a show to people that maybe haven't seen it yet. And that there's beauty to be found, very subjective at times. And that's why we have someone that is the main person promoting the show the super fan, if you As we will. call them, yeah. And then there's someone who's right in the middle that knows enough about the show and maybe has seen a season or two. And then there's
2: someone who's brand new or has not seen an episode at all. We we call these our testimony shows because it ends up being at the end where it's just like, I know that this is a great show. (laughs) You're going to make it. But Chris, why don't you just uh, introduce the subject of what we are going to be discussing today?
1: We're going to be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender. Now,
2: wait a minute. Do you mean Avatar The James Cameron Movie? No. Do you mean last at The Last Airbender, the M. Night Shyamalan movie?
1: Well, we can talk about it if you want.
2: No. <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, it. It's going to get brought up. <laughs> we are talking, as Chris mentioned, Avatar The Last Airbender, which was a Nickelodeon series uh, that aired from 2005 to 2008. Thank you, Kent. And it is one of those shows that was on Nickelodeon, seemed very much like a kid show, but as we're going to discuss today, not it, it is a kid show, but it's so much more than that is what I want to pitch it here, Mm -hmm. is that yes, you, you can watch this with your kids and they will enjoy it. But you as an adult will also enjoy it if you have no kids and just want to watch this on your own. Like Chris, when did you start watching this show?
1: I was a full blown adult. I was in my 20s.
2: Did you watch it while it was live on the air? I did. You did like episode by episode,
1: episode by episode. I actually watched the premiere. It was it premiered on, I believe, New Year's Day.
3: So what drew you to the show? If it's well, a brand new show, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one.
1: Well, at the time, my sister and my niece were mm-hmm. living with us. And at the time, my niece was a child. And so we would watch Nicktoons together. So we would watch SpongeBob. Joel hates it. I right. just
2: said it was overrated. I didn't say I hated it.
1: And that's why I'm on Team Kent.
2: There you go. And, I uh, know, I know.
1: But we would watch Nicktoons. So whatever was on Nickelodeon at the time we were watching. And then... As the end of the year approached, they were starting to advertise a show called Avatar The Last Airbender, and it had an anime look to it.
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So she op- said the A word. Already lost yeah. Sorry. We're done. Yeah, done. We, we lose a lot of people when we talk about anime. <laughs> well, a lot of people have that, that filter up where it's just like they hear anime and they're automatically like, whoa, something I don't like. Yeah. And obviously we did a full show about anime last year.
3: Yes. I don't remember what we said about when you actually started watching anime, though. Like, what age were you? Was this 2000s and the 90s?
1: Okay, weird story. Yeah, I'm go on. We, them. we love
3: weird stories.
1: <laughs> well, there was a show, again, on Nickelodeon. Um, it was the early days of Nickelodeon that was called Grimm's Fairy Tales. They had licensed from Japan, dubbed into English, and I was seven or eight. And so I didn't know that it was what we called at the time Japanimation. Mm-hmm. And so I just watched it because it was a cartoon and I am addicted to cartoons like Everybody in my generation. Yes. So I watched that and then I gradually just stopped watching it because I grew out of the stories. And then I was like, oh, I don't like Japanimation. So actually I was kind of one of these anti-anime people. And I didn't start getting back into anime until Avatar The Last Airbender because of the look.
2: So you're saying that Avatar The Last Airbender kind of rekindled your love for anime. It did. Interesting.
1: Because it's an anime style done by a Western studio.
2: Right. So this is the thing is that I wanted to bring up is that a lot of people think it's anime and well, okay. So some people claim this is anime and some, because it's an anime. Purists may not. And then others are saying it's technically
1: not because it's not licensed from Japan. It's an American cartoon Mm -hmm. drawn by American artists.
2: In this style.
1: Who love anime.
3: But wouldn't you say that's a good gateway Absolutely. Someone that knows. Apparently, it was yes, yeah, like just as it was for you. But someone that knows how our storytelling goes, what is approachable for us, and then anime that doesn't get too insane because there's a lot of stuff in anime that's a little too, a little too crazy. Yeah, right? and
1: I've seen the gamut of weird anime. So. Right, so it's a
2: very good gateway, and Absolutely. it was for you. Yes, it was. So then, watching the Avatar: Last Airbender, were you hooked from the beginning? I was. Okay, and the, your sister and niece as well. Were they?
1: My sister was not, mm-hmm. but my niece and I watched it. We watched it every week okay. while they were living with us. And then when she got remarried, they moved out. Because you had so, to wait
2: week to week because this was airing yes, it live. Yes, it
1: was airing. And so we would just watch it. Oh, hey, Avatar's on. And we would watch it. And then we would wait for the next week and next week. And then when she moved out, I continued watching it mm-hmm. because I liked it at that point.
2: Yeah. Nice. And then uh, for me, uh, I was actually working uh, at a company called Top Ten Reviews and I had these two co-workers, uh, Dustin and Emily, who uh, we'd always, I'd try and get them to watch movies that I liked and you know, they'd try to get me to watch stuff they liked and all this stuff. And that, I, Dustin, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but a lot of stuff he gave me, I wasn't really big on. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly, it's weird. And it was like movies that were fine, but none of them I really loved. But he, he would record like, like, well, like we had different styles of comedy. Like I remember I gave him Fletch and he did not find it funny at all. And I'm like, what? But uh, and then he gave me something and I was like, eh, it's just different generations. But then he said like him and this other girl, uh, Emily, they were, came, came to me and they said, OK, we're not kidding around. You need to watch Avatar Last Airbender. And I was like, I'm not really into anime. It's not really my thing. You know, not big on it. And they're like, just give it a chance. Just watch the first couple episodes. And I watched them and I was like, oh, that was actually pretty fun. But it was it was a silly show. Like for the first couple episodes, it's like, you know, it's penguin sledding and stuff like that, where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of goofy, but still fun. And the thing I was surprised the most at the beginning was that it had a sense of humor. Like I, I didn't expect that the kind of the sharp wit that this show had. And that pulled me in. And then it got really good where I was involved with the characters. I cared about what was going on. And by the end of the series, I was completely and utterly hooked. Like I just, it was the whole thing where I finished the series. I'm like, okay, I, need the next, I need the next season. I need it quick, you know, just because I needed to know what happened. And I ended up absolutely loving it. It became one of my favorite shows. And I came back to him and I said, you guys, you have given me a five-star show. Wow. This is what I wanted to see. All that other crap was worth it because I got this. <laughs> were they pretty proud? They were. They were. Yeah. And then we were able to talk about it. And I would actually come to them after episodes and I talked to them like, oh man, this, when this character happened and they were getting a kick out of that. So then, of course, Kent.
3: So I start working with Joel at Top Ten Reviews. Mm -hmm. And we'd recommend a lot of movies to each other. And honestly, good recommendations all around. And so then when he recommended a cartoon, a Nickelodeon cartoon to me, that I always was averse to. Like I never wanted to watch this show.
1: It was the anime thing, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: it was. And I was like, Well, well. And Kent likes dark, depressing, gross stuff. And dark, so, <laughs> depressing, gross stuff.
1: But it has dark, depressing—not gross stuff, but dark and depressing. It does get yeah. So,
2: but I knew this was surprise. a stretch because I knew I I could recommend. Hey, Kent, this is a horror movie that you know makes you feel horrible inside and want to you it's know, like die. A, he could say it's like a meta horror film or you know a
3: self referential. If or, I said like, oh, if okay. I said
2: this this show will make you want to hate yourself and want to you know punch yourself in the face, he'd be like, I'll watch that. I watch it three times but already. Like, but, like, <laughs> but I'm like, Kent, this will uplift you and make you happy. He'll
3: be like, mm, We'll see. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it feels like cotton candy. So yeah. he recommended this. I waited a while to watch this one. Yeah. How long would you say? Six years? Not six years. It may have been two years. <laughs> About how long it took me to get the grandma's videos. I yeah, oh suppose. yeah, exactly. You're still waiting, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I started watching this, and much like Joel, I, I watched the first couple episodes, and I said, oh, wow, this is really lighthearted. I kind of hate it. <laughs> and I think I told Joel, I'm going to keep watching because you asked me to. But does it get better? And he's like, just wait. It may take you till mid-season one or the end of the season, mm-hmm. but you will get to a point where you will not stop watching this. And I said, Okay, you don't know me. Yeah. We'll see about that. And he was right. As wow. soon as I got to the and I would say at the end of season one, I said, I'm hooked. Yeah. And then it just got better from there because it got deeper, darker, more grim, more serious.
1: That's <laughs> why I said, hey, but, if yeah. you like dark and dramatic, it does eventually get there. But the yes. thing
2: is, I looked at the rating, by the way, because, you know, it's it's on TV. So it has a TV rating and it's Y7, which is like kid show friendly. I don't know. I read the
3: parents got on this one. Oh, no. By the way, we haven't Yay. even talked about what the show's about. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> have we? I
2: haven't heard Less Airbender.
3: Yeah, I haven't heard Less Airbender. Yeah, she mentioned it. Do we well, give the whole about. synopsis for oh, no, the show? No, no. no, we're just
2: talking our experience. Okay,
3: yeah. uh, it's all, Should I give the parents' and, and Zach, right now? We
2: should clarify. Zach hasn't really seen the show. So yes. he's here to clarify if we get too deep in the weeds to tell us to pull it back mm-hmm. and any concepts we throw out. To let us know where. But I'm not sure why this is Y7 because both genders
3: are occasionally seen in their underwear/slash swim clothes (laughs) in non-sexual content. Several female characters also wear outfits that expose their midriff. (gasps) That's true.
1: Gasp.
3: Although it is implied that characters have died, a significant death is never directly shown, which I was
2: surprised about. That's just it. Like they have these epic war scenes and these amazing like hand-to-hand combat battles. And people are injured, but it's never gory. It's never yeah. disturbed. Well, it's disturbing, well, but it's, not like in a
3: bad way. It goes on to say, viewers are led to believe that characters have committed genocide. It's a heavy show. Very. Yeah. And yet
2: it's not. And yet it's not. Because like the, the cool thing about this. Okay, now we have to bring it back. Now I have to explain the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we ask Zach about it? About yeah. your yeah, Zach, what do you know show? about it? Um, ha- so have you done I, research for the show?
0: Uh No, actually, you wouldn't let me. Um, yes, <laughs> and he obeyed me. Bacon self. I'm a Nickelodeon kid, uh, so like I, I watch Nickelodeon all the time. Uh, I grew up with it. I watched all the Nicktoons and everything. Okay,
2: calm down, kid. Just, you, you don't know the real Nickelodeon. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, and like Eureka's God. Castle. Nick, Nick,
0: Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Um, I so I definitely saw that it was on. By the time it was coming out, I had sort of stopped watching as much. A little aged out, a little bit, and I really didn't kind of catch me. So similar to Kent, I just I thought it was a little bit off-putting. I had never really, um, I hadn't had a lot of experience with anime. I did watch the first couple seasons of uh, Pokemon, and so I had some experience with um, some anime, but it just really didn't kind of catch me, and so I. I just kind of missed it, and uh, it's been a kind of a hole in my pop culture knowledge for a long time. I wanted to watch it, but Joel wouldn't let me because he knew we were doing this show, <laughs> and he wanted to keep me fresh.
2: In the last month, <laughs> no, but he wanted to watch it the no, last here's month. My, here's Stay my fresh.
0: Like, have you had other people try to
2: t- get you to watch this?
0: Uh, yeah, some of my friends have said I think you, you know, you would like it. It's really enjoyable. I don't watch a ton of TV series just because it's a lot of investment. It is, but uh, well, I, and, you know, I do. I'm,
2: I am interested in this, and one, you for are sure. a Bake It Sell listener. Yeah. And so you've heard us talk about this show many in times. High praise. Very, and high it took
1: praise. how long to get the show?
2: It did take a long time, but like <laughs> I'm hoping, by the way, by the end of this episode, that we'll at least tip you to start watching.
0: Okay, that's I'll, the goal.
2: Also, I, I want to clarify. I can't brought this up, and I brought it up, but I want to clarify too. Is that the first season? I mean, it's not like other shows like The Office or Parks and Rec or something like that, where it's like the first thing you just got to get through. Yeah, and yeah. Then finding their legs. It's not like that. Like they, they they hit the ground running. They're in, but there's a world to introduce. Yeah, but it's like if I'm a compare it to Harry Potter. And Harry Potter, the first book, is very lighthearted, very juvenile. You know, granted, it does start off with a murder, but, but I mean, it's like it's kind of, you know, in the movies too. They're it also says a story about 11-year-olds. Yeah, so. but yeah. it's like that's who it is. And then as the books progress, they get darker and more serious and, and more heavy. Mm-hmm. Same with Avatar The Last Airbender. Three seasons. The first season is kind of a little more lighthearted, but then it gets to more serious stuff. And by the end, it is kind of very, you're emotionally invested in what's going on. And I would even say they're flat characters to begin with.
1: They are. They
3: are what you see. Yes. And then the arcs that each of them go through is
2: very complex. Yes. It's great. It's a very traditional good versus evil story until it isn't. Mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden the bad guys have some good qualities and the good guys aren't all good. And so all of a sudden it becomes like, wow, this is really nuanced. Much more than I expect from a kid's show. So what's the show really about? Well, that's the thing. I
0: want to start from the very beginning and go, I know absolutely nothing. I want to hear what you, how would you explain it? In an elevator, okay, to somebody, water, no, nope. earth, fail, fire, fail, air. <laughs> so, Captain Katara is the
2: best. Ex- she does the best introduction to the show. Mo-
3: no, that you're basically saying multi-pass at that point. You're no. looking for the fifth
2: element Can't. Do or it, Elsa, do it. water,
3: earth, air, and fire. Is all you need is heart. <laughs> <laughs> Explain it in a
2: way, okay, in a sounds way sounds original because Let's Let's the like Chris, idea doesn't feel original. Chris, uh, yeah. in a, give the elevator pitch in a nutshell. What okay. is this show about? Zach's coming to you and saying. What's this show about? Why should I watch it?
1: The world is basically, if you were to look at it, seems like it's ancient China and you have a character who was found in ice at the very beginning. Okay, Mysterious. How did he get in the ice? Mysterious Nobody question.
2: knows. Secret, secrets. Secret, secrets. Because so, really, well, you bring up a good thing is like the world, you said it feels like former, like ancient China. Yes. One of my favorite things about this show is the world building because mm-hmm. they create this universe where it has a history, it has a story. So there's these four tribes, water, earth, air, fire. They're all represented by an element. And then the, everything's going fine. And then all of a sudden, one of the nations, the fire nation, decides to attack the others. That's pretty much where we're at in the story.
1: Yeah, it, it starts kind of in the middle. Mm, it's yeah. kind of confusing that mm. way.
2: But then the thing about it is is there's these, these characters called benders. And what benders are, think of them like Jedi, Zach. These not bend- like Futurama? No. Okay. Nah, no. <laughs> Severe alcohol. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But these benders, uh, what they do is that they're able to kind of manipulate whatever element their tribe is. So earth benders mm-hmm. can manipulate the ground. Water benders can manipulate the water. Mm-hmm. Air benders can manipulate the air. Fire benders can shoot fire from their fists. Do you learn this or are you born with these powers?
1: You're born with them.
3: Yes. Okay. So they're like mutants from X-Men. Maybe it's yeah. Yeah, or, and not, like Jedi. Okay.
1: And not everybody in the nation possesses these powers. No.
2: It's basically like there's a bunch of regular people in the tribe, and then there's an occasional bender, like groups of benders. Are they the protectors, the spokesmen of the tribe? No, not necessarily. They're just okay. they're, they're, they have these abilities, and in theory, they use them to help their tribe. So, like waterbenders are creating igloos with ice, and earthbenders are creating houses with their moving up the earth. Mm. It's fantasy, but mm-hmm. it's they do it in a way that it feels like okay, this could really exist in this world. Like they, they set their ground rules. And they follow them so well. So it's like temples in a
0: Legend of Zelda game. Yes. There's the water temple. There's the fire
2: temple. We're
3: going to go through so many weird fandoms at this point. Because I was just going to say Game of Thrones is very medieval, but there are actual dragons. Like it could be in medieval times, but there are fantastical dragons and creatures and zombies and that sort of thing. In this world... It feels like it could be ancient China, but people
2: have special powers and they're flying and little fantasy creatures around as well. Okay. Well, one of the things they do is they, they do try to step away from our world and make it a little more fantastical. So they'll usually hybrid a couple animals together just for fun, like a platypus bear or a, a flying sky bison. Isn't a platypus inherently a hybrid animal? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, you, so you have three animals in one. Double hybrid.
2: <laughs> but they also are aware that they're doing it. And so, like they, they kind of.
1: So when normal animals show up, it's kind of a shock. Yeah, they're like, like <laughs> it's a bear. Why is there a bear? Is it's, 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 it's just, is just like a bear. A, it's it's not a platypus bear, bear or no. a duck bear. Okay, or okay, okay. okay. So
0: platypus bear. I, I, I want to. Hold just, on, guys. The, ele- the guy got off the <laughs> elevator. Okay, <laughs> so. I got off the elevator. Well, so so what I'm hearing is we've got these these four different. Uh, what did you What did you call them? Tribe, They're Tribes. Nations. nations. Yeah, na- nations is probably better said the water tribe. And do they co they coexisted. Yes. They coexisted peacefully?
2: Yes. Generally speaking, like, well, okay, and, no. and now they don't? Well, they, they co- kind Or did they, were they just very separate? They, they lived very in harmony, separate. is what they say. So but like, they were separate. The water tribe is kind of on the poles. Think of them as like kind of the Inuit, uh, Eskimo-type people. Mm. Uh, you so you it was have, more like they were ignorant to each other, yes. maybe. I mean, they, they, they knew about each other, about but each they were other, just like, we're going to leave each other alone. and kind of kept to their own kind. Think of the airbenders being kind kind of like uh, monks, these nomads that travel Not kind the of like monks. They, they were, were, monks. Monks. Yes. Yes. were monks. Then you okay. have the earthbenders who are kind of these... Uh,
1: oh. Salt of the earth people. Oh, yes.
2: I was going to say that. Yeah, Hence the uh-huh.
1: earth kingdom. And
2: uh-huh. then the Fire Nation, they're more kind of the Iron Age. Hotheads. Industrial. Like they're able to kind of... Very industrial. Hotheads. They're, they're <laughs> hotheads
1: they're, they are hotheads. What are you talking and about? And there
2: is a very much kind of a... Uh, reference to fascism and even even the Nazi Germany and the invasion mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like they're kind of alluding to these things without ever getting too serious or uh, about like not re- really referencing it, but kind of making allusions. And if you can listen, you're like, oh, that's what mm. they're going for there. By the way, this series created by uh, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko. Con- nice. Uh, uh, by the way, my, uh, Brian Konietzko uh, was the uh, art director for Invader Zim. So if you're a fan of Invader Zim, mm. you know, you may like this one. So there's four tribes... Of different
3: elements. Uh, and, and there is one person that is the avatar at a time, right? Yes. yes. Why do you need that? Is that like the king of of tribe land? King of like, tribe land. Yeah, like <laughs> why is there an avatar if they're all just doing their own thing? Does someone need to go visit all of them to go see how they're doing? Like what does an avatar even mean?
1: The avatar is the only person on the earth that can bend all four elements. So he can bend air, water... Earth and by bend and we mean fire. control
2: again. Like oh earth. yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're using those terms. But when we say bend, we're like so, it's so not they, bender, like on Futurama. So is,
0: and there's only one avatar. There yes. is only
1: one avatar, and he is reborn like the Dalai Lama. And,
0: so when and like dies, a slayer, oh, okay. when he dies, in every yeah, generation there is a new one. one so chosen. when he
1: dies, there is a new avatar uh, okay. that is born, and then what happens is, and he follows the cycle. So you'll have an avatar that is born like in the Fire Nation, and then he will, when he dies, he then is born into the Air nomads and then he is then when he dies it's then the yeah water tribe
0: so so can there be multiple there can be multiple like individual vendors
1: but they can only bend oh, yeah. one they can only
0: bend their, their one time. element
2: yes so okay. like a, an earth bender can like he can he, he can like okay. throw up a rock in front of him all that but then if water comes he's just kind of like oh well which one can bend it like beckham <laughs> that's probably the airbenders because they can move the ball oh, nice. on us in the air so does the avatar whoever they are just keep everyone in check he kind, kind of, of sort of he's kind of like i don't want to say the police because it's not really his role but he's the peacekeeper yes oh that's okay. a very good way to put it the total so, balance of everything yes yeah, so, and
1: so to keep the balance of all four elements you have to have an avatar
2: which so, which brings us to ang well not not quite yet because okay. what happened was the fire nation like i said they got a little hot headed <laughs> That's Zach's <laughs> joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uh, that joke. But uh, he, the Fire Nation attacked the other nations, started attacking the other nations. since so they're like, we need the Avatar. But he was nowhere to, nowhere to be found. And the Fire Nation was able to run rampant and kind of start taking over the world, their world, because the Avatar was missing. Mm-hmm. So for 100 years, the Fire Nation was kind of just being big bullies to all those around him. No one to keep them in check. Exactly, and everyone wondered where did the avatar go. So, are we getting
0: into what the title is? Because the title has always confused me, Please. and I'm more confused now. So I'm learning what an avatar is. So, were there no airbenders
1: at the beginning of the the series? Correct, because the air could have no blown airbenders. out the fire.
0: I know work. how candles work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think water is more successful.
0: Oh, that's
2: probably true. <laughs> and this gets into a little bit into the story, which we're going to give some spoilers. but We're probably not going to go past season one type spoilers. And even then, not too far. We want to keep it as basic as possible. Mm-hmm. But Like Kent. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> pumpkin spice <laughs> but with the uh, ang he is an airbender yes he, they, they were tribes they had these air temples that they would live in and they'd kind of just travel around on their flying sky bison and just kind of go around and random
1: great. random info about a sky bison that sounds awesome please do so here's your ghibli tie-in for the for the night or the mini ghibli tie-ins for the night nice we'll take it is they used the cat bus from my neighbor totoro as the as model Appa. for a spy oh, that Bison. Makes,
2: that makes so much sense. So, Gotta love Appa. Yeah. When, and as Chris mentioned, they knew where the next avatar was going to appear. Like, they knew the pattern of, like, where the next next tribe, the next nation that was going to get the avatar.
1: So as soon as the...
2: So the, it was a Fire, Fire nation, nation avatar. Avatar passed. And when he disappeared... They were like, okay, it's going to go to air next. So the Fire Nation actually wipes out.
1: I almost gave a spoiler.
2: Oh, the Fire Nation actually wipes out all of the airbenders. It's messed up. So the Air Nation is. Hold on. Hold on. Didn't say this in the parents guide. That seems pretty (laughs) dark for kids, right? It is. That's the
0: implied genocide.
2: Yeah, that's the implied genocide. You brought that up. Yeah, that's true. The implied genocide. That's a bad name right there. So he is the last. (laughs) He is the last of his kind.
1: It's my favorite band, by the way.
2: Now, when we say he is, it's because, as Chris mentioned as well, On the first episode, uh, these two Water Tribe people, brother and sister, Mm -hmm. they encounter this iceberg, and there's a person inside, frozen in ice. Jack, and yes, it is Jack (laughs) from Titanic, Uh, and they never let go. But (laughs) there uh, was
1: room on the door, you know. They
2: (laughs) they awaken. Then they awaken the being inside the ice, and it's Aang, this little twelve-year-old boy. Okay, and he is an airbender, and he has been frozen in ice for a hundred years and he has no idea what happened and he is the avatar oh so like like he has been bequeathed that since his freezing he became he was
1: the avatar he was born the avatar oh, he okay. knew he was the
2: avatar because oh, that was like a yeah, and okay. that's the thing is, we don't want to get into why or how he ended up in the ice but he basically was trapped for a hundred years in that ice okay and is finally let free but he doesn't know everything that's happened since he he's just been the ice.
1: thinks took a nap. Yeah, he basically. thinks he got frozen
2: and woke up.
3: Full Steve Rogers here. If you've seen the cover or any picture of Aang, he's bald. He looks like a little monk child.
1: That's mm-hmm. because he is a monk,
3: and so he has <laughs> okay. the arrow on his forehead as well, which means he's mastered airbending. So is that so is by. that what that means? Yes. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, it's I a mean, tattoo. I got that reference. It is a tattoo. That's not yeah. something you're born with. If no. you're the Avatar, it's, it's part or an of it. No,
1: the well, when you become a full fledged airbender, you mm. then earn your airbending tattoos. Okay, and so he yeah. is kind of like the youngest ever to master airbending. So that's kind of how, that's
2: what kicks off the story. That's the inciting incident, as they say, is they discover this boy who is the avatar, who's technically 112 years old, but he's a kid. And it's just him learning about everything that happened and trying to achieve his full potential to stop the invasion. He knows he's the avatar. Yes, Yes. he does. Okay, good. Okay, go on.
1: And well, I was just going to say, and there's an interesting thing about Katara, who was one of the people who freed Aang from his icy slumber. She is also the only waterbender in the Southern Water Tribe.
2: Yeah. Because so been, okay.
1: Fire Nation killed all of the waterbenders in the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. So, everything
3: you guys are explaining right now happened in the canonical 2010 movie, The Last Airbender Stop. by Knight Shyamalan.
1: <laughs> and I blame you guys. I refused to see this movie until. Until you guys are like, yeah, I think you need to see it. <laughs> the only thing it had going for it is I did kind of like the way they stylized Aang's tattoos.
2: Yeah, okay. with the little, well, Italian that's little high praise. There. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, they, yes. they
1: Appa was creepy looking.
2: I've said this before on a Bacon Cell episode, but it's as if M. Night Shyamalan walked... He, he, his kids liked the show. Mm-hmm. And he saw it and said, I want to make a movie at that. And I swear, he, watched, he walked into the studio executive's office and said, hey... There's a show called Avatar The Last Airbender. I want to do it and suck all the fun out of it. No fun whatsoever. That's how I want to do this movie. And they were like, greenlit. Yeah, it's true.
1: And they changed a lot of it because Katara just kind of becomes set dressing. The acting is oh so wonderful. What are you talking about?
3: Jackson Rathbone's in it. (laughs) Who played uh, one of the guys from Twilight. Yes, Jasper.
1: It was was all whitewashed unless you looked at all of the characters in the background. Mm -hmm. They were all Asian. Right. But your main characters were all white, with the exception of the Fire Nation, who were Indian. It does seem weird to me me
3: how that movie actually failed, because the first season of The Last Airbender, the actual TV show, Mm -hmm. feels like a slam dunk that you could put on film.
2: Right. But at the same time, they're condensing this whole big season into a two hour movie. Mm -hmm. And they just couldn't. There's so much story. Do you feel like it's too complex?
1: And well, my thing is, is that with the martial arts that they use Mm -hmm. to bend, looks better animated. Now I realize technically it was animated because it was CGI, Mm -hmm. but it just to me looked really weird because they're using like kung fu and tai chi moves. Right. But then you have water flying at them, and it's like, well, why didn't you just whack the guy with your fist? Whereas when it's animated as a cartoon,
2: well, funny you should bring that up, Chris. I actually did some studying. And I found out that each fighting style is unique. In, in the cartoon, by the way, we're jumping back to the good here. I just want to you first... Know, you to don't want me to distract you with M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, yeah,
1: can we just forget about it? Um, it never happened.
2: But they said that each fighting style was unique to the bender. So when the animators did it, they specifically said, okay, when air, water benders are using martial arts, they're going to be doing Tai Chi. Uh, and do you
1: know why they chose that?
2: Uh, because it's focused on the alignment, body structure, breath, and visualization. Very flowy.
1: And an wow. interesting thing about Tai Chi is when you watch her, when, watch Katara or other waterbenders, they move very quickly. And most people think of Tai Chi being a very slow, you yeah. can't actually speed your Tai Chi up yeah. and have it be an effective fighting like style. Like the old
2: lady on PBS doing Tai Chi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if she wanted to speed up, she totally could and probably knock somebody out. One time years ago, when I, was, when I was first watching this, actually, we were at this uh, kind of a park area and there was this pond there. And my daughter had wandered over there, and she was probably about, I want to say, six, five or six. And she was over there, and I look over, and she's kind of just like waving her arms back and forth by the pond. And I walked up to her, and I said, hey, honey, what are you doing? She says, I'm waterbending. And I was like, aw, <laughs> he made me so proud. My influence is working. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so uh, waterbenders do Tai Chi. Uh, the earthbenders are actually doing hung-gar. Well, hung-gar? It's like hunger, but it's hung-gar. And that's firmly rooted in stances of powerful strikes as a representation of the solidity of Earth. You get the Firebenders are doing Northern Shaolin, which uses strong arm and leg movements, and then for it's air- very dynamic. And then uh, Airbenders they use Bagua, which is uh, uses dynamic circular movements and quick directional changes. So I, I wanted to say that they they didn't just slap the show together. They were literally saying when these. This style of person moves. This is the style of martial arts they're going to use. You know, that's nice. Thank you for the technical
3: details. <laughs> I think all that's really important is that if you have firepower, you get fireballs, fire bombs, fire daggers, a shield of fire, and heat redirection. When
2: they're fighting, it's so cool to see the firebenders kind yeah. of shoot fire from their hands. And they, it's not some like
1: some can even control lightning.
2: That's yeah. cool, and we're not saying. And the thing is, I want to say it, it's not like they. They. I mean, sometimes they do, but it's not like they just hold out their hands like a flamethrower. Like they're actually doing martial arts moves, mm. and when they end the move, flame will shoot out of their hand. I know what nation Kent belongs or to, or feet, which or one? feet, Ooh. which uh-huh. one or mouth? Huh? I don't know. huh? Oh, that's right, I forgot. Yeah. but the later.
1: mouth is that's, that's very rare. specialized. Yes,
2: and then you get the Earthbenders, and one of the reasons I think they're cool is like, for example, if you fell off a giant cliff, Zach. If Kent were to push, happens you, all the time. If Kent were to push you <laughs> up a giant cliff. <laughs> I see. And I said, he's clumsy, guys. He fell. But if he <laughs> fell, if, if Kent pushed him off a cliff and you were an airbender, right before you get to the, to the right before you landed on the ground, you could put a cushion of air right below you and just kind of float gently to the ground. Oh, so nice. you never have to worry from falling from heights. And if you were After an airbender, you, you could
1: bed to the earth and not fall off the cliff.
2: Uh, That's true as well. Mm. Airbenders also on the offense if they can do air blades and yeah. like cut things with air, which is pretty cool. And invented
1: his own move, which was the air scooter, which is the ball a little ball he rides, he rides on. on. And oh, that's, that's cool.
2: like in the opening credits, one of my favorite things, like I said, it didn't take itself too seriously because there's a part when he's riding around on a little air ball and all of a sudden he just slams into a statue when it talks about how kind of he's not exactly the, the avatar they want him to be. He's yeah, not because professional.
1: At the time, even though he knew he was the avatar, he could only airbend. He couldn't water bend. He couldn't fire bend. He couldn't. And that's part bend. of the
2: show is him having to learn these
3: other bending. OK, things. that's a question, because there's three seasons of this show and they're called books yes
2: instead of season one two about 20 uh, i think it's 21 20 episodes in each season do they call it book because it's based on a book
1: it is not based on a book it's not based on anything no
3: no they they just kind of make it more classy
2: well i I do want to bring this up because i thought it was funny apparently the series was conceived in early 2001 Mm -hmm. when one of the creators uh took an old sketch of a balding middle-aged man and imagined the man as a child he drew the character herding bison in the sky and showed his sketch to his friend, the other creator, who's watching a documentary about explorers trapped at the South Pole. And they just kind of started talking together right about, hey, what about if there's an air guy flying along? He's trying to help these water people. Maybe there's some fire people like oppressing them. Like they kind of just threw it together. And okay. They pitched it to Nickelodeon and it became this amazing story.
1: And guess what? I have a copy of that picture.
2: You do? Do you? So Chris, you were saying he has to
3: learn the other powers because he... Gets out of the ice, and he already knows how to bend air. He mastered airbending. He's right? mastered
1: it. So, he And But as the Avatar, it.
3: you don't already have those skills of fire, earth, or water? No. Okay, so... So you have you, your you inherent... Have the, you have one. the potential to do it, but you okay. don't know how to yet. So is that... Is it like a journey show? Does he need to learn those as he goes? Is that what we see in books one, two, and three? Yes.
1: Yes. But you are also seeing... The wider story of not only Aang trying to learn these skills, mm-hmm. but he has to learn them in a certain amount of time. Yes. There, he there's doesn't a have Why? the tens of years to learn them like all We don't want other. to give
2: spoilers, but he basically has to stop well, bad things from happening. But who were the bad
3: things? Because we haven't talked at all about the villains of this show. Oh, we there, did it, Fire Nation.
1: The Fire Nation. We had a, who whole, we had a whole
3: conversation
2: out. about genocide, Kent. Where were you? <laughs> Where's Zuko, guys? Where's Zuko? We haven't got to, we haven't got to even Sokka or Katara yet. Okay, go on. <laughs>
1: Basically, the story is Aang learning to learn all of these other things, stop yeah. the Fire Nation, and then of course you have all of the other side stories, which is mm-hmm. what is contained in all of the books. So, yes. book one is called Water. Yeah. So it's all about Aang's journey from the South Pole to the North Pole to learn water bending because Katara Santa. doesn't know how to water bend either. Yeah. She can kind of, sorta do it and wants to learn how to water bend, but can't.
2: She's an amateur at it.
1: And so Sokka, her brother, who was also with Katara when Aang popped out of his iceberg, joins them and they leave the Southern Water Tribe to go to the Northern Water Tribe to learn waterbending.
2: Okay. And he's the comic relief, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, Sokka is the comic relief. Yeah, he's, yes. yes.
2: Well, and all of them have their moments, but it's it's not like Marvel, Kent, where everyone is a comedian and everyone tells the same oh, type I of know jokes. I this. Yeah. Like they all have their different styles of humor. Like Sokka is very much the teenage boy type who's always hungry kind of goofy around girls he's uh, one that like falls in love with everyone they meet yeah right and he's also the one who's very overconfident in his abilities and yet he doesn't have bending powers oh and so he kind of you know that kind of weighs on him ang is obviously kind of the naive fish out of water as it were kind of trying to figure out what life is like 100 years after he was alive uh, katara she's 14 year old waterbender she is very maternal, kind of the the mom of the group. It keeps the other guys in line and mm-hmm. tells them what to do. And then you have... Much to
1: their chagrin.
2: Much to their chagrin. But she's also, she's also hilarious. She has very, some very good moments. I love Katara. And then uh, Zuko, and we haven't talked about him as much. And that's where I was going. He is the exiled prince of the Fire Nation. So, so is he part of the group? Is he a friend? He's the no. antagonist. Okay, there we are. He's the son of the Fire Lord, of the leader of the Fire Nation. But he was banished. He was exiled. And uh, also severely burned on his face by, by his by dad. his father. Oh, great! And now he his sole mission is to find the avatar wherever it may be because it hasn't arrived again, and people are like waiting for it to appear. His job is to find the avatar and bring it back to his dad. So he's, he's the Tommy Lee Jones to the Harrison Ford in the Fugitive. Okay. So there's all the countdown you're talking about. Like you need to
3: learn these skills by a certain time. The countdown is to stop these evil powers. And he's also being
2: tracked at the same time. Yes, okay. that's
1: that's the main crux of mm-hmm. the actually the entire series.
2: He's being hunted down by Zuko, uh, right? And he has to try to learn all these things while not getting caught. So that's you know okay. kind of the fun part of it. Yeah, but then you have also characters like Appa, who is the Sky Bison, and he's this big, fluffy, just animal. He does like he's just Cat-less. an animal, but he's like kind of you know, one of the things. You know how Disney movies they give him a little bit of personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a lot like that, where he has this these little things where it's just it's funny. Appa is just funny. Uh, I've actually named our minivan is actually named Appa, so I can <laughs> ride an Appa anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> yip yip is yip 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 whooping. yip. That's how yip yip
1: is how they get Appa off the ground.
2: Oh yeah, and then you have Momo, who is a little kind of a oh what is he? I can't remember. He's, he's, he's a lemur. lemur. He's a, he's a flying lemur.
1: He's like a lemur bat. Yeah. And in a later show, they call him a lemu.
2: Yeah. But he's like the little, little buddy, like Mm -hmm. basically picture Appa and Momo as kind of the R2D2C3PO types where they're kind of there. It's just kind of, they're there for comic relief, but they're also companions.
1: And he's named Momo because Momo is the word for peach in Japanese. And they give Momo peaches when they find it because he's kind of one of the last things that's found at one of the air temples. Yeah. And so he's eating peaches, and so they're like, "We're gonna call you
0: Momo because oh, he's eating adorbs. peaches." Yeah.
2: Now, I do want to bring up, lest you think that it's just Chris and I geeking out on the show, Zach, <laughs> that Avatar: The Last Airbender was the highest-rated animated television series in its demographic when it premiered. Hmm. What's uh, the demographic? Kids. Well, that's the thing.
3: Was it just kids watching, or were parents watching with them? But it had. Who do m- you think has adopted this show
2: more now? Well, that's just it. It's. So one of the reasons we're talking about this now uh, that Chris wanted to talk about this is that it just got released on Netflix again. And I'm seeing people start to discover Avatar The Last Airbender online. They're like doing memes and stuff like that. People are starting to enjoy it and talk Mm -hmm. about it again. And it's fun because they're adults. These are adults who are finding the show for the first time. Whereas I don't know. I didn't watch it as a kid. And so I don't know what age they were, but they had an average of 3.1 million viewers watched each new episode and 5.6 million viewers for the highest rated episodes. Like there's a lot of people watching this. This wow. also has the distinction of having 100% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and 99% from the audience. Yeah. So people that watch it. Well, this I, th- I think we, as
3: we've proven, like, yes, it's made for kids. Yes, the content is very kid-friendly. But here are a whole bunch of adults that have, have <laughs> loved the show. Like even me, who's very cynical. And I like, you know, a little blood and gore in my show sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Still darkness. We
1: guess the third book is your favorite?
0: The yeah,
3: third book is awesome. It awesome. it yeah. feels
0: yeah it feels very heavy very yes yeah. very dark well with underlying things themes, themes of war genocide oppression death loss balance destiny and asian philosophy there's a lot to to jump into right
2: yeah. Oh, there's a lot and it's not that's thing is it's not just american audiences that like it either this has been syndicated to more than 105 countries And it ranked first in countries such as Germany, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Colombia. Like, this is kind of a universal, everyone can watch this, everyone can enjoy type of show. Do we know anyone in the cast, the voice cast? The ones you'd probably know, uh, if you've seen Arrested Development and you know Anne. Mm -hmm. Her? (laughs) Yeah. May Whitman. Uh, or Egg, as they call her. May Whitman. She was also in Scott Pilgrim versus uh, The World. And she's in the oh, voice of Tinkerbell as well. She's in a TV show right now uh, with Christina Hendricks. Yes, yeah, well, Wasn't is.
1: she also in Hope Floats?
2: I don't know. <laughs> Probably. But <laughs> May yeah. Whitman, you may recognize her. She plays the voice of Katara, the sister uh, from The Water Tribe. Also, Zuko is voiced by uh, Dante Brasco, who's Rufio. Uh,
1: Dante Bosco Bosco sorry. it's not Donnie Brasco The Donnie movie. Brasco I think that's what my brain was trying <laughs> to do Al I think that's
2: exactly what my brain was yeah, trying Rufio, to do getting work again well 12 years ago yeah so but that's just he it. still it's does
1: like, work he does a lot of voiceover yeah. oh does he's he a, he's, yeah he's that's a big, cool. big time yeah. voice actor
2: uh, the kid that did Aang actually I don't know if he has any other credits I think he kind of just did this show and then was like I'm good And then
1: Sokka was voiced by an actor by the name of Jack DeSena. I don't know if he's done anything recently, but if you did watch Nickelodeon at the time, there was a show called All That that he was a cast member on. I know that guy.
2: Yeah. Oh, and and, uh, The Fire Lord. Fire Lord Oza, the, the bad dad. guy. He's actually voiced by Mark Hamill. Who oh, was of course. In, he was in some star movie. Uh, or No, he was in a Batman, Batman show. Batman, the animated yeah, series. No, <laughs> no Mark <laughs> Hamill. Mark Hamill is yeah, in this the show. The Christmas special.
1: Also, you do have a lot of times they will utilize Asian actors as well because you have Uncle Iroh, who we haven't talked about, was voiced by an actor by the name of Mako. Mm-hmm. And he was like a Japanese actor.
2: Very popular. Very exactly. popular well, So who's Uncle Iroh then?
1: Uncle Iroh is Zuko's uncle who is kind of banished with him. Not necessarily banished, but he wants to take care of Zuko while he is in exile.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a Fire Nation guy as well. He's But he's
1: He's come out of retirement because he retired after losing his son
2: yes, in okay. the war. And so you have uh, Zuko, who's kind of this hothead who, <laughs> I keep saying that, but he, he, he just has very, very emotional, very not in control of his temper. Uncle Iroh is there to kind of be more logical and reasonable. So he's like, I'm going to, you know, push this ship to the limits. And Uncle Iroh is there to be like, no, no, let's be calm. We'll find him eventually. Okay. So, so even though the Fire Nation is seen as evil, there's still some good people. Absolutely. Yes. And that's later on as it gets on, like it starts off with the Fire Nation is bad. You know, everyone else is good. Then you realize there's some jerks in, Earth, in the Earth Nation. There's some good people in the Fire Nation. In fact, there's actually kind of an interesting episode where they go to the Fire Nation uh, later on down the seasons and they see kind of how they're indoctrinating the children as to why the Fire Nation is better than the other nations. Okay, And so it's kind of like these kids don't really have any other thought of why they're doing what they're doing other than, oh, this is the way it is. It's just kind of it's it's a commentary on just, you know, Mm -hmm. how you could be trained to think the way the Fire Nation thinks. Right.
1: Another actor. To tie in last week's show to this week, there is a character, Admiral Zhao, mm-hmm. who was voiced by Jeremy Isaacs. And his character was modeled after the character from The Patriot.
2: Oh, Jason and Isaacs. Jason. Jason, oh. Jason oh. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy yeah. Isaacs. Oh, yeah, Sorry. yeah. I, was, yeah. I, I knew who you were talking about. I oh. just kind of assumed. Yeah.
1: I had an idiot moment. Sorry. No. So Jason Isaacs, Admiral Zhao was actually based on his character in The Patriot. Oh,
3: who is so evil. Yeah. Yes, and
1: they were like, well, we want a character and a voice actor like him. So he voices. And he voices. The character that is
2: based off his character. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. They were able to get him. Well, and they have like, I remember there's Robert Patrick uh, from T-1000 from Terminator. Right. Oh,
1: he shows up in it too. He comes
2: in for a bit and like they have these these voices where every now and then you're just like, I know that voice. James Hong. Yeah. And so like they throw these in and it's like, like, oh, cool. I have no idea they were in that. Um but, but
1: they but yeah, no, they did utilize a very wide Asian cast for voices. Okay. Which is I think very cool.
2: Yeah. It's just fun to watch. Like honestly, just like all these different things that pop up, you kind of just like you start to enjoy it more because you start to know more about it. Do your standards drop for the
3: silliness? Because I wanna know. We've talked about lemur monkeys, lemus. <laughs> And water bison. Lemur bat, by the way. Okay, lemur bat. That's how the coronavirus started. Yes. (laughs) No. But we and we've talked about water bison and you know
1: flying bison, not water bison.
3: (laughs) Flying bison, exactly. Bending bison sounds a bit silly. Like the guy left the elevator a while ago. But what is the (laughs) what is the silliest part of this show? Like what is something because we've talked about this with Doctor Who and with Mystery Science Theater and Galvan and Supernatural. And there are things to drive people away. There are reasons people wouldn't watch this show. Mm -hmm. Like we can't just say, watch this show, you'll love it. What is the one reason or two reasons that people may not like it?
1: Well, if you ever watched... If you watched The Last Airbender as your experience Mm -hmm. for that, so you first saw the M. Night Shyamalan movie, you'd be like, this is crap. I have no desire to see Mm -hmm. this. So that would be your first turn off Mm -hmm. right there.
3: Because... From what I, you know, I've seen this show one time and that movie does follow, quote unquote, the first season of this show. And so it's almost like a comprehensive look at the season. And you're like, maybe you feel like it's a waste of time to watch 20 episodes of a crappy movie you saw once. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of, that kind of brings
2: it down.
1: And it's, and it is the very, the first season is very silly. I will admit that.
2: Like too silly? Well, like, okay, so for example... It has its moments. I, I'll, I'll just... this. I kind of referenced it before, but I'll give you the full example. So in the first episode, Katara and Sokka find Aang, and they get him out of the ice, and he's unconscious, and they're like, you know, kind of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then he pops up and wakes up and says, hey, you want to go penguin sledding? Actually... He first falls in love with Katara
1: and then wants to go penguin sledding. Yeah, so he does
2: like goo goo eyes. Then he says, want to go penguin sledding? And then they jump on penguins and start sledding down the hill together and just kind of laughing. And he's goofing around and all that. And I was like, this feels very kind of anime to me, like just a little little too surreal. Like Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I don't know about this. It does that a little bit where he's just a goofy kid. Like, especially near the beginning, he's a 12-year-old boy who just wants to have fun and honestly didn't want the responsibility of being the avatar. It sounds
3: like, if I haven't seen the show, and Zach, you haven't seen the show yet. I'm, I haven't. It sounds like... It
1: looks like he's trying to watch it right now. If you it.
3: <laughs> if you're sitting down, you have some time to binge a TV show. And yes, these are only 23 minutes per episode. And there's 20 episodes per season. So it's fairly easy, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, super digestible. But... If you're watching this on your own as an adult and it's just overly silly for almost a full season, isn't that too much to stomach? No,
1: because what happens is you do get bits of drama. Exactly. You have the episode where they exactly. go to the, the Southern Air Temple mm-hmm. where Aang sees the the uh, skeleton the of his his mentor, basically. And his, yeah. basically the man that he looked to as a father, because in the Air Nomads, they kind of were raised communally so they he didn't live with his mom and dad he just lived with all of the monks and yeah and he saw his mentor and surrogate father dead
2: but that's he saw the so remains of all of I, w- I wouldn't say that it's silly for the first season i would say that it's like maybe
1: it, it it's has like episodes 60
2: silly 40 drama and then as the series goes on it, it shifts where it's more like kind of more 70 drama Thirty percent. I'm doing math right now. Thirty percent. Bravo. Uh, silly.
1: And then the final season, it's like ten percent silly. Right. Ninety percent drama.
3: Yeah. But you are asking people to invest. Yes. And granted, it's an animated series, short episodes, but there is an investment. But yeah. you meaning, meaning, cut. it will pay yes. off. Meaning, oh, absolutely. But still, it's like sit through this, and it's not as bad as a lot of TV shows where we say it gets better after the first season. Well, but here's, it finds its feet.
1: I would say it's, it takes about what? Six episodes to like fully hook you. Well, I don't Into know. Most I, shows. I
2: enjoyed it. No, from in the this beginning. one, in again. this one. Okay. I, I enjoyed it opinion. almost from the beginning, but I will admit that I kind of got hooked probably about halfway through the first season. Okay. Uh, by the way, I just looked it up because I wanted to know if you binge watched every episode of avatar, the last airbender, the series consists of 61 episodes. So, 61 20 minute episodes. So, if you were to binge watch every episode of The Last Avatar, The Last Airbender, you could do it in just over a day. One day, <laughs> six stop. hours, 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. Challenge so, accepted. That, but that's the thing like, you think about all these other shows and like, to watch the entire series. Like truth be told, Joel, you have told me to
3: watch Better Call Saul so many times. And I know it's only 12 episodes per season. Right yeah, about. they're short seasons. But there are five seasons seasons I need to catch up on. And those are, about, those are about 45 minutes. And I asked you to and watch
2: th- Twin Peaks, which is like one season. <laughs> it's two. One, one and, and a, a half. half <laughs> that you need to watch. You haven't done that either. And I feel like the investment is too much. So on
3: this, it doesn't seem like you guys are asking for the world. No. no. It's just they may need to sit through some... Spot some silliness, a cartoon, like a straight up but, cartoon. But for
1: don't a we all need silliness, I think especially in enough. this day and age? Uh, it's
2: true. <laughs> but what I, my advocacy here is that this is a show that you can watch as a family and not worry about content and not worry about being entertained. Because not worry
1: about being not being entertained.
3: Well, what do you
2: mean? I was right. confused, the way yeah. you yeah. worded so, that, that, was confusing. But I mean, like, it, like my kids want to watch some stuff and I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. I'm kind of bored with that. And then stuff I want to watch. I'm like, this is great. And a part will come up and I'm like, oh, I hope my kids didn't walk by. So today I had this, I turned this on in the background as I was working, just had it playing in the background the whole first Mm -hmm. season. I watched, actually I watched half of the first season. I left for a second to go downstairs. I I want to walk with my wife real quick, just kind of, you know, at lunch, just kind of walked around the block with her. I came back and all my kids were up in my bedroom watching the show play on the TV. All like, like, well, not all of them. They couldn't all fit in one bed. But a lot of them were sitting there on the bed just watching the show and they were like an hour with them like, get out. I got to go back to work. Yep. They're like, oh, dad, we want to watch it. Because it is a show that you can watch all together and all enjoy together. Okay. And that's what I wonder as well. And then explain
0: genocide to your kids <laughs> somehow. What is the timeline uh, of the show? Like, is it is it over the course of years, months, days, I, months. weeks, months? Yeah. Months. Oh, so it's fairly short. It's yes. fairly short. Like the, the time has
1: like a season okay. to learn the other three master them all and take out the fire Lord Hmm. in like three months.
2: But the thing about it too, is that there's, so there's the overarching story, but then there's these little mini stories in each one, in each episode. And there's so much fun. Like one of my favorites is when they're just trying to get through this tunnel. They're just trying to get from point A to point B and they end up getting separated from each other and having to find their way through this tunnel, this secret tunnel. And, uh, (laughs) And it's just one of those things where it's the interaction between the characters that makes it so good. Because at that point, you know who these characters are. So when one character says something that you know is going to bother another character, you're like, ah, that's going to get under their skin. I know it now. And uh, I mean, there was another episode recently where these two different tribes, uh, these two, I shouldn't say tribes, but groups of people. They hated each other because of something their ancestors, ancestors, ancestors did mm-hmm. way back when. And they've hated each other ever since then. And the Avatar, they know him as the Avatar. The Avatar is there. And his job, what he's trying to do, is make these people just put aside your differences and work together for crying out loud. Oh, like Frozen 2. No. Which basically no. stole the story. <laughs> she's a waterbender. Or th- she's a little bit of a waterbender, yes. yes. A- Elsa is, yeah. Yeah. But then she's also the fifth element, so multipass. pass oh, Maybe yeah. that is. So we've talked about
3: what the other shows we've recommended, the three episodes to start with. And sometimes it's the beginning. Sometimes it's scattered episodes throughout that best represent the show. Where would you guys tell people to start with this show if they're going to watch and stay watching? Like what should they watch to grab them?
1: Well, clearly the first two, I think, are the most important because that gives you who Aang is Mm -hmm. and kind of... Who Zuko is. You know, it gives you the basic who these characters are and what's going on in the world.
2: I do feel like, Kent, like, I would love to be able to recommend certain episodes. Like, I love, there's this one in the swamp that I really enjoy. The swamp is great. When they're trying to find his earthbender, uh, earthbending companion, the one in the tunnel I mentioned before. Right. But the problem is, if you drop anywhere in the middle of the series, you're going to have so many kind of dangling Mm -hmm. loose ends and question marks that it's it's probably not going to be as enjoyable. Yes. Well, that goes
0: to one of my questions I'm
2: having is is really on the show structure
0: of the episodes and then how they go with one another. For example, um, a couple of, you know, Joel, I think you started watching the Clone Wars, the Mm -hmm. Star Wars TV show. That really doesn't have much of an arc. You can kind of come and go as you please. This sounds like a show that it, it is one overarching storyline that you need to follow through.
2: Well, it's because it builds on itself too. Like you learn something in one episode and then a couple episodes later they reference it and then they'll Mm. reference it again later down the road. So as it goes, the story builds, the characters become deeper and you start to emotionally invest more in the story. So I'm going to recommend
3: that people watch the first two episodes of this series and it is a bit silly, but at least you find out how it all begins for the story. But you add in a later episode called Zuko Alone, and this is the just Zuko story. Is this and on it, the beach?
2: No, no. It's no. where
1: he's in the he's in he's in exile from exile.
2: <laughs> That's right,
1: <laughs> and it's so he's basically on the lam. He's in the Earth Kingdom, mm-hmm. and is by himself. He basically tells his uncle, "I don't need you. I'm going to go by myself." And his uncle is like, "I can't stop you." okay, go, here's some stuff because his uncle still cares for him and lets him go to learn his lesson, basically.
3: And it goes a little bit more into his history. And so I think that is an episode where you, if you watch the whole thing through, it's kind of a payoff episode for the character, Mm -hmm. but it will show you, hey, if you stay watching this show, you're going to get to episodes like this. And it is almost a standalone episode for me. And so I think it will show you Hey, it's going to get really good like this. And now you may like Zuko more from the
2: very get go. But it's not a huge time commitment. Like if you watch the two first episodes of Avatar Last Airbender, you're investing less time than you would in one episode of, say, Game of Thrones or one episode of Breaking Bad. Like it's, it's they're short, little clippy episodes and you can hop through them very quick. Because like Chris said, especially if you're watching on Netflix, cuts out the closing credits, cuts out the opening credits and the recap. And you're kind of like a 20 minute episode. All right, so
3: if this was so popular back when it was on, why did they end it?
1: Because they were smart.
2: They had a story to tell, and when they were done with the story, they were done with the story. So it ended okay. after with three seasons. Yeah. 61 yep. episodes. This, was, they, this wasn't because of ratings. That's
1: exactly how many they wanted to the do. The
2: highest ratings came at the end. Like that's They, they were building the whole time. I and mean, these, that's commendable. That's what they did. And, but, and, but
1: they went to Nickelodeon and said, this is the story we want to tell, and this and is how much we want to do and that's all we're going to do.
2: And one of my favorite things about it, Kent, is that there is a uh, kind of a wrap-up ending. Like they're like, it didn't leave you hanging. It wasn't like they got canceled. Like I said, they had an arc. They had a goal they wanted to go to. And I was watching the ending going, how are they going to do this? Because there is kind of an impossible conflict at the end where it's like, uh, what is that? Immovable, immovable object. Unstoppable force. Yes. And you're like, what's going to happen? How are they going to resolve this? And I love how this show constantly finds clever solutions to unique problems this isn't like the thing where you can kind of figure out oh this is what they're going to do to kind of make everyone feel better there are are actual kind of things where it makes you think like how would i get out of this and they come up with you're like that's brilliant i never would have thought of that before okay and with characters you love and unique unique animation like stuff you don't see uh, well, basically, unless you're an anime fan, stuff you don't see every day, because there's like, I mean, I just watched an episode where there's a, a face stealer is what they call it. Mm-hmm.
1: And his face is a no mask from Japanese theater. Yeah. Oh. Again, with my right. crazy there's obsession. There's a lot of loves yeah. Well, in. I, I am obsessed with the country of Japan, not just anime, but mm-hmm. the actual country and history of Japan. Mm-hmm. I just love it. And so anytime I can see anything, because there is Kyoshi Island, which is basically Japan. And they have an animal that they call the Unagi, which is eel in Japanese. And Mm -hmm. he's a big giant eel that lives outside of the island. And if you think about it, Kiyoshi was one of the avatars, broke the island of Kiyoshi off, and they developed their own culture, which is kind of like what happened with Japan. There is Chinese influence, but it then developed into their own thing.
3: Okay. But then, guys, a couple seasons later, or a couple years later, I should say, the show ends. They introduce Korra. Well, this Legend gets into
0: court. my question that I have. And before we maybe get to that, uh, there is a lot of things that we watch that have a greater lore. For example, you you, you hear people say, oh, this is, this is explained better in the books or the comics. Is this a situation where there's other things that I might need to be informed on outside of the show? Or can okay. I simply watch the show and be okay?
1: For Avatar The Last Airbender, it did start as a cartoon. So it's okay. not like Japanese anime where a lot of them are based on manga, manga series. But they do have some bridge stuff between The Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender that then connects the two that kind of then will maybe make Korra make more sense.
2: And yeah, just to clarify. And these are graphic novels. So Legend, they are graphic Legend novels. of Korra is the sequel series to Avatar The Last Airbender came out a few years later, as Kim mentioned. Um, and like, yeah, there is a bridge there. And you can, there There are kind of auxiliary comics you can mm-hmm. read like other adventures they had. And there's
1: s- also a book series that's been recently started that, features kiyoshi which is one of the previous avatars yes. but to Super answer your cool question yes okay.
2: to answer your question though zach all the lore but everything it's you need all in the show is self-contained wonderful show. you don't need to go about and, and read books or anything or anything like that it's all right there it's all contained it's one big story arc and the thing i love about it is like like world building like i said it creates this universe where things i've never seen theme, you know thought of before or seen before And it makes it all kind of believable and logical and makes it enjoyable. Yeah. So it's one that you definitely need to check out, I think. So
0: then Kent was mentioning that a couple of years later, there's another series, a sequel series comes out. It's called The Legend of Korra. Mm -hmm. Would you put that in sort of, um, is it a must watch as well? Is it as good? Is it?
1: All I know is the story of Korra. Korra is the next avatar. Okay. To be honest, I tried to watch Korra and I couldn't. I just could not get into it.
2: Not have the same feel to to you? Okay. They They try. They really do try. I watched the first two seasons of Legend of Korra. And it's only like three as well, right? Okay. And I... I was not into it about halfway through the, the second season. I was like, I'm not really into this, but I'll keep watching because my kids are watching it. Mm-hmm. And then once that season ended, they didn't really care to watch it anymore, and I didn't really care to watch it anymore. It's it's missing the same spark or Sparky, Sparky, Boom Man, if you are an Avatar fan. <laughs> um, no, it's miss, It's missing the same spark. Zach and I are looking yeah. at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, but <laughs> uh, they, they season don't. Season three or no? One of the things that two. works the best about Avatar: Last Airbender is that the core group of characters, as they call themselves, Team Avatar. They all kind of work well together and play well off of each other, and all bring something different to the table. And their that group is what makes the show awesome. Okay. And then Legend of Korra comes along, and they don't have Team Avatar, quote unquote. And isn't so it basically
1: just kind of her on her own? Adventure? Kind of. And they, they
2: bring in friends, but it, it doesn't have the same chemistry. And so it, it's not as good of a story. It's not as well told,
3: which is why they haven't continued another cartoon series. Maybe. But, but, didn't have the same but Cora
1: was fairly popular. I'm, it well-received. It's kind of a weird, random, uh, you know, couple of asides. So Bacon Council member Nicole D. Hale. I don't heard Spoiler hey alert, she and I work together. And so we have become friends because of Bacon Sale. So Aww. Bacon Sale, bringing friends together. Aw, that's your um, new tagline. We were actually talking about this the other night. and She said she did watch Cora. And she said she enjoyed it up until the very end. And she said the ending oh. ruined it for her. Okay. And so she was rather disappointed in how it ended because it was kind of a surprise ending mm-hmm. that you didn't see coming, but it wasn't like a fun surprise. She just said it wasn't expected. And it was just like, what the heck?
3: Where's the comparison of the last airbender is the ending pays off
0: for yes. everything. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Honestly, this is good news for me because I was a little bit overwhelmed thinking that I would have to watch avatar and watch another series. So no. if I can just digest this one show, That's actually good news for me. Yeah.
1: And then if you want to watch The Legend of Korra, hey, go for it. Yeah.
2: I mean, if if you like it, that's fine. There are people
1: that like it. It's not for me. Not for me
2: either. Uh, I did want to bring up, too, that apparently... I hate this. I hate this so much. Nickelodeon has decided that they're going to do a live action series based on Avatar The Last Airbender. So even though you have this perfect kind of perfect three season series that just was exactly what it needed to be. Netflix and Nickelodeon have decided they're going to reboot it as a live action series.
1: And that's the the series that I thought was premiering here within the last couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, crap. Do I have to watch this now? too?"
2: Are we saying same story and everything? It sounds like <laughs> it. most likely. I mean, it may be like a Final Fantasy seven thing, Kent, where they change some elements to keep people interested. Right. So I, I do have a question for you guys and for you listener at home as well. That I want to ask you, Zach, yeah. if you could control one of those elements, meaning, and kind of how we've explained it, air, yeah. Well, earth. we actually took quizzes. Well, hold on. I want to get preference first. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you could choose one of those, if you could manipulate air or earth or water mm-hmm. or fire in the way that the show portrays it, mm-hmm. not that you've seen the show, but just yeah, based, based on, on, what on what I've heard, what would you choose? Air. You choose air, Ben? Yeah. Why is that? I think it sounds cool. That's good enough. Yeah,
0: that's all I need. <laughs> Can, I don't need to move earth. Least practical. But air. You'd
2: choose air as well? Power of flight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Even though teleportation's better. Yeah. Oh, uh. we have a teleporter in the room. <laughs> Chris, what would you choose if you could choose one of the bendings?
1: I'd be a waterbender.
2: A waterbender? Why is yes. that?
1: Well, you could create ice on demand. So you could, constant parties. And if you run out of ice, <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs> no, but they also not only have the ability to do things with water, they also have the ability to heal.
2: They do have a kind of a healing. Mm, That's true. Ability.
1: And so being able to like Sokka says, Hey, what happened? Why didn't you heal my fish hook in my thumb and you didn't heal me then? Hey, scrape your knee. Yeah. Get in a car accident. Hey, my back hurts. There you go.
3: And you could get in bubbles
2: underwater and explore underwater too. Yes. Which just cool. And see, I'd choose earth bending because it's practical well it is very (laughs) practical and even just like you know i I love the idea of not being afraid of heights because i could just airbend, right but being able to earthbend like when they're just like kind of plowing through a mountain like my like digging a tunnel through a mountain i'm just like that is so cool or or when there's a a part where a character just kind of builds a shelter around themselves just like (laughs) they put up two walls around them and it's a very kind of like it's i don't know i just always like it's very practical it's very practical it's very kind of powerful and Mm -hmm. i kind of like that idea such a joel answer but right. what? So, <laughs> so we took quizzes. So Chris sent us a quiz.
3: We can actually put this link up online for all you guys as well. And just totally. be prepared;
1: it can take a little while. It's like yeah. thirty
2: and questions. 30, Joel was
1: very introspective while taking.
2: Well, it. because it's like it's like, do you feel happy or do you feel introspective? Or do you feel thoughtful or do you feel insightful? And I'm like, the quiz was very much a
0: personality, uh, you know, personality based test. But then it's
2: like, you know, what makes you feel the best about yourself? What is a quality you don't like about yourself? And I was like, man, I did not expect to get this introspective right before recording the episode. (laughs) Yeah, but you cry cry before every episode.
3: of Every quiz I cry. So, So Chris, I would like you to predict
2: what we got on our answers. Okay. And also give you what you got as well. And this is for those of you who don't know the show, this is very similar to kind of the Harry Potter house quiz where there are four distinct groups with personalities and associations that come with them. Yes. And
1: of course I was very disappointed to find out I was a Gryffindor. So there you go. Gryffindor? <laughs> oh, um Boo. But in just listening to the show, I don't know Zach well enough, so I It's fine. I would maybe say that you're probably an airbender because there is a sense of whimsy about you. Okay. Because I have listened to adventurers out there. So the Disney kind of gives you that whimsy. Disney. I also would put Joel in the airbender category because of your comedy. Okay. And Doc Kent is a firebender. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I'm a Slytherin. And of course Jacob. Initially I was thinking he was maybe earth kingdom just because he seems to be very practical but in just especially some of these later episodes before he went on paternity leave he was kind of very sociopathic and sadistic (laughs) and i'm like i'm thinking jacob's a fire oh you're gonna put me in the
3: same house with jake yep that's messed up makes sense
1: well jake's awesome too well all right so let's
3: reveal our quiz answers. let me tell you chris you're dead wrong because I am. I am a waterbender. Whoa. Whoa. Yes, I'm whimsical and uh, what is passionate. Did you have the thing up, what it says? I'm just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you're a member of the Water Tribe. The people of the Water Tribe pride themselves on being loving, kind-hearted, and authentic. They want their lives to be self-actualized and have meaning. This is so long, by the way.
2: You didn't read the whole thing, but just but read the They highlights. seek
3: to reform the world and to romanticize their experiences and lives. That's very much me. And then also the experience of lives of others. And what percentage well, did you reach on
2: that one? Yeah, 82. A- percent. Nice. That's pretty high. What was your next highest one, though? Do you have a Fire Nation pretty high? Air Nomad. What? Yeah. At, at what percent? Fire was my last one. Oh. By the by.
0: What was the percentage of your second place? Quarantine has uh, changed 50%. You. Okay.
1: Well, and I was just going to say, because I didn't reveal mine at uh, the end, but, or do you want to wait? I'm just
0: saying I cry all the time now,
2: so that's why I'm a waterbender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These tears. Are bent. Chris, we'll, we'll come, we'll, we'll end on you. Okay. okay? So, so I'll Joel? go next. Uh, you are spot on. I'm an airbender. I'm an air nomad. It says, uh, congratulations, you're the air nomad. And I want to read here. At their best, they are amusing, animated, charming, cheerful, entertaining, enthusiastic, expressive, funny, uh, friendly, funny, generous. I almost said gorgeous there. Well, well yeah. Oh, uh, my And then it gosh. says at their worst, they can be brassy, careless, cynical, egotistical, exaggerating, flighty, forgetful, haphazard, and so on and so forth. So I'll take it. My next one, by the way, that was 84% air nomad. I was 81% earth. So I was close. Oh, wow. Oh, that's
0: really close. close. Wow. So I, mine, I scored at 81%. I uh, aligned with, uh, pride themselves on being unconventional, bold, and spontaneous. I'm a native of the Air Nomads. Hey, Air Nomads. <sighs> Air, Air five. Lucky. Yes. So I, at 81%, scored the Air Nomads. My second was the Water Tribe at 49%. So.
2: Well, okay. You're really an Air, Air yeah. Nomad then? Yep.
1: Well, it looks like Kent and I belong in the same tribe. You're both. So. Water five. Water five. I <laughs> What's a, a water, water
3: five? Tribe. It's a wave when you do that in the water. It's just like
2: <laughs> the
0: water slaps.
1: And then my second was, I was Earth Kingdom.
0: Nice.
2: Oh, wow.
1: But so I yeah. don't remember the percentages. So.
2: No so. Fire Nation at the table. Interesting. It's probably for the best.
3: Yeah. yeah Jake's not here. <laughs> All right. So I would like you guys, since you are the ones proselytizing the message of Avatar The Last Airbender, to give your, your final thoughts, your final testimonies as to why people should watch this show. You got, you got another minute with a guy in the elevator.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Give him a final reason. A I know he's ride. been, it's Sorry, been a long ride. I, I think this, this elevator is going to go up in <laughs>
1: just a minute.
0: Uh, we'll get there soon. Yeah.
1: Well, I wasn't initially going to come up here, but the feelings are very strong. And I just feel like I really need to do it. I would so, indeed be ungrateful. <laughs> Sorry. Don't let the anime look deceive you.
2: And you're saying that as a lover of anime.
1: Yes. But initially, I went into it not being a lover of anime because I had forgotten my anime loving roots. Yeah. But give it a chance because just because it looks different from what you're used to doesn't mean that it's not going to feel unfamiliar.
2: Hmm. The storytelling. Like a life lesson almost.
1: The storytelling is what you're familiar with. Okay, the martial arts may be different. Mm-hmm. Some of the lore may look a little bit different, but it may get you into maybe looking eastward. Because when we learn things in history, we always focus on Europe. And then when it comes time to learn about the other side of the world, there's just not enough time left in the school year. (laughs) So maybe learn a little bit about China and Japan, Indonesia. But there are some feelings of Mesoamerica in there. Hey, there might even be Inuit culture involved. They live in the state of Alaska, so give them a chance too. It's interesting. It's fun. It's funny. And it may seem a little silly at the beginning, but give it a chance because it will hook you, throw you loops, not be predictable at all. The ending is because it's a kid's show, so it has to end on a good note. Mm -hmm. But enjoy it. It's good stuff.
2: So say we all. So say we all. Amen. Um, (laughs) Mine, I'm just going to say, there are many TV shows that I enjoy. Many. And I've talked about many of them on this show. I enjoy Lost, Breaking Bad, Arrested Development, Community. Uh, I'm thinking of all these just different shows that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I, I enjoy a lot of TV shows. But there are reasons that I can't recommend them to one person or another person. I don't know if certain people will like this or maybe the content's a little too dark and so I, I have a hard time recommending certain shows to certain people. However, I can recommend Avatar The Last Airbender to anybody because it's one of those shows that I feel will have universal appeal if you give it a chance. It is funny. It is engaging. It is dramatic. Uh, some, the action scenes are, are very well done. The fight scenes are so much fun to watch. The war scenes are intense. It has everything I want in a TV show, and it is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And I recommend that you give it a shot, please. It's on Netflix, super easy to watch, barely an inconvenience. Okay. <laughs> Big words. Yeah. There we go. So there you go. Wow. Here's my testimony of it. Wow, wow, wow. Ken, do you want to add anything in there since you have seen it? Any Anything we left out? I love animated series,
3: but generally they don't have a beginning or an ending. If you look at Batman, the animated series or X-Men, there's no complete story there. This is the only cartoon I've seen with a full story arc that pays off in the end. Stay till the end and it will be completely worth it.
2: There we go. That's it. So have we convinced you, Zach, have we convinced you to watch at least two episodes of the show? This was a long elevator ride and it went on a <laughs> quite a journey.
0: Um, but yeah, I think so. I think it sounds interesting. Um, it sounds
2: more approachable than I thought, uh, it might have been. Um, so yeah, I think we'll give it a shot. Cool. Let us know if you're going to give it a shot, uh, on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. We would love to hear from you. If you've seen it, join in in the chorus of, uh, of, uh, recommendation. And if you haven't let us know, you know, when you do watch it, because obviously you're going to have to listen to this episode, <laughs> let us know what you think, because we love hearing about that. Now, before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons. From the I'm the Listener category,
3: we have Terry Finley, Stephen Ross, Adrian Gray, Chris Strout, Brayden Winterton, Colton Cook, Jennifer Kilkowski, Sean Sanquist, Just Kyler Now, Alicia Bass, and Crew Dutler. And from the Bacon Council, we have Nicole D. Hale, Ryan Farron, Reverse Listener, and
2: Chris Anderson. Woo-hoo, Chris Anderson! And make sure to leave us a, a review on iTunes. We are so close, so close to crossing 100 reviews. We have, we have more nice. ratings, but reviews. We're so close. Give us a review on iTunes and just push us over that edge, please. Nice. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter or you can find me performing with Quickwits. They still perform online, but hopefully we can perform in the theater soon. For more details, go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD.
0: If you want to read my movie reviews, especially in July, you can find it at ShowtimeShowdown.com. And if you want to connect with me on social media, it's at Tumbling Mustard on Twitter and Instagram. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale on social media. Of course, the Facebook page, uh, go and give that a like. And then on Instagram and Twitter as well, at Bacon Sale, there's a fun community about and a bunch of fun comments. I always love going on there on, you know, after show releases and things like that and seeing what people have to say. So it's a good time there. Also, make sure that you are getting yourself some Bacon Sale swag getting something fun to wear on tpublic.com slash bacon sale. Uh, Again, get yourself a super soft t-shirt or something. It's fantastic. And of course, if you want to support the show, if you want to tell the guys they're doing a good job, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon sale and start supporting the show at just $3 a month. uh, You can hear about all sorts of things, including uh, like what we're watching right now. I'll probably give a little report of uh, my watching of avatar (laughs) on Patreon. So once again, patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, Yep, yep.
2: You know better. <laughs> Do I? Love get... the show.
3: <laughs> Hate your guts. Pure cinematography. Yeah, not a wimp.
2: Uh oh. Uh oh. So she I'm... said the a word. I already lost yeah. me. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> me I can out. hear oh. his mouth on the microphone.
0: Everybody thinks that you're the villain, but it's really Jake.
2: I know.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Kent shaped his manly beard
2: <laughs> Kent is a baby face. <laughs> <laughs> this show will make you want to hate yourself and want to, you know, punch yourself in the face. You'd be like, I'll watch that. I watched it three times like, already. This is really lighthearted. I kinda hate it. You don't know me.
0: Water. No nope. Earth. Fail. Fire. Fail. Isn't a platypus inherently a hybrid animal?
2: Because <laughs> the air could have no blown out the fire.
0: I know how candles <laughs> work. We want to keep it as basic as possible. Mm-hmm. but like Kent
2: See the implied genocide full Steve Rogers here he's clumsy guys he fell lest you think that it's just Chris and I geeking out on the show
3: <laughs>
2: this <laughs> is the uncut part when Joel looks um, for his notes take, take, it, it, that easy. Whoa, whoa. take
1: it easy take it bacon uh-huh. sale bringing friends together elitist over here that's mm. me you know I can watch respect me as that. I hook my monocle on my eyeball Indeed. here oh Nation you're gonna put me well. in the
3: same house with Jake yep
0: that's messed up. That makes sense. You want to voice your uh your pleasure for the show or your uh no. your pain? Your pleasure <laughs> for the show?
3: I <laughs> yeah. cut. Yeah. Undecapitation <laughs> nudity? Is that what we're going on here? I think you got to be a bro to be a brony.